Hello and welcome to this Over the Farm Gate Trade and Policy Special Podcast, brought to you by Farmers Guardian and AHDB. I'm your host this week, Farmers Guardian Chief Reporter Abby Kay. Don't forget, you can stay up to date with all Farmers Guardian's latest podcasts by subscribing through your favourite platform, whether that's Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher or Acast. This month, we're taking a closer look at the Sustainable Farming Incentive Pilot. The SFI will pay farmers to take actions which deliver desired environmental outcomes, such as boosting levels of organic matter in soils or planting hedgerows to provide year-round food, shelter and breeding cover for birds and insects. In the first phase of the pilot, participants will be able to select from an initial set of eight standards to build their own agreements, but they will not be able to enter fields with an existing agri-environment agreement on them. Within each standard, there are three levels for participants to choose from. Introductory, intermediate and advanced, but all fields must be entered at the same level for each standard, a move which has been described as a major disincentive by some in the industry. Payment rates will be broadly equivalent to countryside stewardship, with a plan to update them in 2022, and common land is excluded from the pilot. But is the sustainable farming incentive really going to do what it says on the tin? Well, here to discuss this issue with us, we have NFU Vice President Tom Bradshaw and AHDB Strategic Insight Manager Sarah Baker. Thank you both for joining us. Tom, DEFRA have dubbed this new scheme the Sustainable Farming Incentive, but are the income for gone payment rates set out for the pilot really going to incentivise farmers to join? No, you're correct there, Abby. I mean, a lot of member feedback has initially said, well, these payment rates aren't going to be enough. I think actually looking at the payment rates at the moment, when we know DEFRA are already looking at these and hoping that they'll be able to move beyond income for gone or to a a different quartile of income for gone uh, before the scheme is fully implemented. So it's a bit of a, of a misnomer to look at them in too much detail at the moment. But I think what really is lacking from my perspective is the um, is what you have to deliver on farm. So we've seen the desired outcomes, but at this stage, we don't know how you're going to deliver those outcomes. So it's very difficult to assess the payment rates until we've been able to look in more detail at how you'll deliver those outcomes on farm. Mm, that's a topic that we'll, we will return to. I mean, you, you mentioned there, DEFRA said they're going to revisit those payment rates, <clears throat> excuse me, from 2022, with the intention of going beyond income for gone. That's a quicker timescale than I think was originally envisaged. Has the NFU made any estimate of how much it thinks farmers will need to be paid? I think in 2019, consultant Strutton Parker did some research which found net profits for the average farmer would fall by over half over the next decade, even if environmental payments were doubled. So we're going to need to see quite a significant uplift, aren't we? Um, Tom, I'll come to you to that. I'll come to you on that first, and then Sarah will return to you later. The, the harsh reality, Abby, is that the the new environmental payments are not going to replace the BPS income. Uh, and that is, you know, that's going to have a real impact on the bottom line margin on farms. And the way I'm viewing SFI for my business is, is as an alternative crop, as a diversification, as another enterprise. And does it deliver a profit in its own right? And for me, that's the critical bit. It needs to compete for my management time and my land resource to make sure that it really is competitive with the other things I'm doing on my farm. And I think that the payment rates we're seeing at the moment clearly are, are too low because actually a lot of these things are very management intensive. And if you do have to change the management of your farm to, to be able to claim the support payment, then ultimately it's going to mean that the payment rate is not high enough. So I think that that's the, the critical bit for me is making sure these payment rates really do match the ambition which DEFRA have, which is over 70 percent of the industry to join, to join the sustainable farming incentive. So what are your thoughts on this? Has, has AHDB done any research in this area? 
Uh, yes, we have, Abby. We've done quite significant research since uh, since the, the, the start of the Brexit process. So our first publication, Brexit and Impact Assessment, and, and all future revisions of that work have examined very closely what farm business li- incomes will look like without direct payments. And it's clear that all sectors will be affected, um, other than probably horticulture, but some will be affected worse than others. And those most affected will definitely be cereals and livestock. So if you look at an average farm business income, you can see that more than 90% of, 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 of income on um, less favoured areas and lowland grazing come from these direct payments, as well as uh, around 79% on cereal farms. So obviously, there's a wide variation. And we've picked up on that in our in our uh, Horizon publication, the characteristics of top performers. Um, but that loss of direct payment is, is huge and that needs to be in the business plan and mitigation measures in place, either through increased efficiency in line with our top performers piece of work um, or diversification or these new environmental land management schemes. Now, as Thomas said, the Sustainable Farming Initiative, the Sustainable Farming Incentive uh, and the associated schemes are not expected to replace direct payments. So they need to form part of these mitigation plans. They are not going to totally replace direct payments. Um, and and our, our analysis shows this very clearly because that they'll require additional actions, as Thomas alluded to, that management time and, and, and costs will be incurred in these schemes. Yeah, so they need to look at... Um supply chain issues and making sure farmers get more from the market as well don't they alongside this i was going to say understanding your market very very important characteristics of the top performers you know know exactly who you're supplying exactly what their requirements are and growing to that spec can really add value to your output another question for both of you has defra published enough information about the scheme to allow farmers to carry out long-term planning I and mean, tom i think you touched on this before um for the pilot we don't have a full list of actions to be paid for that's not going to be published until june and farmers expressing an interest in joining they don't know how much they're going to be paid for the 15 hours of engagement they'll be expected to do every month what do you think tom is there enough info out there at the minute I think we've been pretty clear on this, Abby, for the last oh, however many years that we need more clarity. We still need more clarity. Um, it's great to see the proposals that have come forward. At least there is, they're starting to put a little bit of meat on the bone. But people are going to be entering the, the, the pilot at the moment and they're going to be shooting blind because ultimately they're not going to know what it is they have to deliver on farm. So we urgently need that information. Uh, we need to know exactly what the payment rates are going to be because it's only that way that you can really assess whether it's viable on farm. The only thing I'll add to that, though, is that if we really want to shape this scheme into something which does work alongside productive agriculture, then actually the best way to shape this is to get involved and try and shape it from the inside. So I think it really is important that the farmers and members out there do take the opportunity to engage in the pilot and really try and make sure, sure that something is delivered, which really works for, for UK farming. Is June soon enough for those details? We'd like it now, Abby, but it's not available. So we will continue to put pressure on. We will ask for that information. We can see some of the ideas of what you might have to do. But, you know, what's intensive hedgerow management? And then what's organic matter improvements? You know, how, how are these things going to be measured? And what is it that you actually have to deliver on the farm? So I think that, you know, yes, we've got an outline, which is more detailed than we had before. But we desperately need that information to really make a true assessment. And then we can make an assessment of the values that are being paid as well. Sarah, what are your views on this? 
Well, I think in fairness to DEFRA, I think it's uh, part and parcel uh, of a pilot scheme. DEFRA need to gauge uptake. They're looking for a thousand farmers, roughly, to take part in this pilot scheme. And the sustainable farming incentive is intended to be inclusive and open to all farmers and land management land managers. So it will inevitably need tweaking as time progresses. But farmers are not being presented here with a fully fledged scheme with all the I's dotted and the, and the T's crossed. It's a work in progress. And as Tom said, it's a real opportunity for farmers farmers to engage and help shape the scheme going forward and iron out exactly these sorts of issues. So, so like Tom, I would strongly encourage all our levy payers to engage with this scheme and help shape uh, the, 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 the future uh, the, the future direction. Um, I think there is going to be uh, another pilot. This isn't the only pilot for SFI. More details will be available in June. Then there'll be another pilot. And then we're looking at sort of more national rollout sometime next year. So, so yes, please do look at this and, and do get involved as soon as you can, because the, the sooner you have your say, the greater your opportunity to shape this scheme. Tom, we all know take up of countryside stewardship hasn't been what the government wanted or expected. And one of the key criticisms, criticisms that was levelled at that scheme was that it was too complicated. Ministers have repeatedly said they want their cap successor schemes to be simple. From what we know about the SFI now, does it tick that box or is it just more of what we've seen before? It, it does look at face value pretty complicated, Abby, for something which, you know, we're, we're looking for huge uptake from the industry. So look, I, I guess, again, this is still in the formulation phase. It's, so it's not actually in the major delivery phase. And really, it's when we get to that delivery part that it needs to be simple. It needs to be easy, easy to access. I think I have my concerns are that it seems very prescriptive in its nature at the moment in that because of the three different tiers, you, you sort of have to be able to tick all of the boxes from tier one before you can move into the next level. And yet you might be able to deliver 80 or 90 percent. But you unless you can deliver 100 percent, you can't migrate up to the next option. So at the moment, I mean, there are there are several concerns, but ultimately it's those concerns that we need to highlight now during this piloting phase to make sure we get something which really is deliverable when we get to that stage of major rollout. So what do you think? Is it is it simple enough? Well, I, I I think the framework is there, um, but we really only know um, if it's simple enough when we have the feedback from the participants from the pilot. Um, I mean, I like the principle that it's not going to require specialist advice, that there should be enough advice available on gov.uk and from DEFRA to, uh, for farmers to participate directly. Um, but there is a note in there to examine outcomes and feedback from those who did and didn't use specialist advice. So, so we can really drill down and see whether extra support will be needed to encourage uptake. Um, it's clear that the local nature recovery and the landscape recovery, the sort of future schemes, more advice will be needed to, to drive take up, um, in particular from those farmers not previously engaged with uh, environmental skate, uh, schemes. So it's important that the SFI is truly accessible to all. And we'll only really know that when we when we gauge the feedback from this pilot. Tom, you, you touched on this again in your answer to the last question. Um, do you think the SFI encapsulates the radical change that DEFRA was proposing under Michael Gove? Or is it just this prescriptive payment for actions approach that farmers are already well used to? It's very, very different to the direct support system that we've have, had, Abby, originally, and you know, the BPS payments as we see them today. And I think that's what Michael Gove was very clear. He wanted to move to this pub, public money for public goods. When we look at the outcomes list from the SFI, there are clearly desired outcomes, which again is a very different focus from where we've been previously. So I think it is a very large shift, 
But I also think we've got to take the industry with us. And if we, if the, if the environmental land management scheme moves too quickly, and the industry aren't taken on that journey with them, then ultimately it's going to fail to deliver because it's not going to have the participation that's required. So I think it's you know, it, we have to be measured, or DEFRA have to be measured in the ambition of migrating away from the direct support that we see today towards the environmental land management scheme. And I think what we're seeing does seem more practical than perhaps some of the measures before. And it's also, rather than being boundary features or the, the odd half a hectare wild bird mix here, it is more focused on whole farm delivery, which is something that I think they've been very clear they wanted to look at, is how we can deliver environmental outcomes right the way across the farm. So I think it is very different. Um, and we're just going to now see what the experience is like on the ground when we start to see it rolled out during the pilot. Tom, what would you say to environmental groups who are concerned that some of the options under consideration in the pilot are already regulatory requirements and they won't achieve real environmental improvements? Is that a worry you share? No, I'd go back to my last answer, Abby, and that is that if we try and migrate the new schemes too far too fast and we and the farming industry doesn't move with them, then ultimately it's impossible to deliver the environmental ambition that government and DEFRA have. So I think we've got to make sure that we we do move at a speed that the industry can move with them. Uh, and I think that yeah, the proposals here clearly are delivering public goods. You look at those list of outcomes and they are different management practices to what you have to do on farm at the moment. Yeah, whether that be hedgerow management, whether it be the low input grassland or even the, the arable and horticultural uh, soils, or the horticultural word there is a bit of a, an anomaly, I believe. But I, no, I think there really are desired outcomes that are very different to what we've seen previously. And we believe that anything above the regulatory baseline should be paid for. Sarah, there have been some farmers who've raised concerns about self-selection in the SFI pilot. And they're saying that the relatively low payment rates will encourage farmers who are already doing a lot of agri-environment work to, to join. How can DEFRA ensure that it's getting feedback from the harder to reach farmers, those who haven't been involved with agri-environment schemes before or who are less, less than enthusiastic about the new proposals? I think this is a really, really key question, Abby. I think if we're going to reach those stretching goals that have been set out in the 25-year environment plan, it's absolutely crucial that all farmers are are, are reached, including those um, hard-to-reach farmers, which those in the industry are sort of uh, quite familiar with the challenges that, that 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 creates. So in my opinion, I would be utilising every sort of method of delivery, if you like, including that farmer to farmer learning, because I think those harder to reach farmers are far more likely to listen to their peers and and learn from sort of uh, watching, attending, discussing um, with their colleagues than they are from listening to DEFRA or the the levy board. Um, And I think therefore utilising, say, the AHDB um, Monitor Farms Network, the uh, Farm Excellence Platform, platform uh, and that sort of uh, platform in order to sort of drive those messages forward is a is, is a key opportunity. Um, I think unless we do that, unless we do, um, as Thomas said before, to sort of take the industry with us, and that's everybody uh, at this uh, sustainable farming incentive level, um, it's going to be a challenge to hit those overarching targets, which we need to always keep in mind with this scheme. Tom, do you have anything to add on that? I, I think it's very difficult to cater for everyone, Abby. I mean, if you've got farmers that traditionally haven't engaged with agri-environment schemes, then I would ask the question, well, why is this scheme suddenly going to help engage them when there's probably been very good practical reasons that they've decided not to engage with those schemes to date? And that could just be the profit margin. And um, so, you know, we know there are some sectors that really the, 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 um, the suggested payment rates just aren't attractive. 
Um, I think there's also criticism that those in existing agri-environment schemes can't take part in the pilot. And, you know, that's an, uh, something that we would share, those concerns, uh, particularly if they are outcomes that aren't already being paid for within the countryside stewardship programme. Um, so look, I, I think it's very difficult to get this one absolutely right. And as I've said before, and I will say again, no doubt, the only way to really get involved and shape this to make sure it works is to, to try and take part in the pilot. So, you know, we just need as many people as possible to, to, to um, take part. But I guess, you know, the challenge is always going to be, does it give me the return that I need, as I say, from my management time and from the land resource that we're going to put into the sustainable farming incentive? Or would I be better off either either going into the countryside stewardship, which is still open for applications, or just continuing to farm as I do at the moment? Is it a worry for you that common land hasn't been included in this pilot? I mean, commoners have always had a bit of a tricky time with farm payments. Does this bode well for the future for them? I can't say I'm surprised that they've been left out, Abby, because of the complexity that you highlight there, that it's always been a difficult area. I think it's critical that, there, that, that the common land um, scenario is piloted at some point. So I hope there will be an opportunity and there needs to be an opportunity to work out how the scheme will work for common land. Uh, but I'm not surprised it's not there yet because we know there are other standards which will be added onto this that aren't available at the moment. So, uh, with these kind of schemes, it's not just the design that's important, but as Tom's touched on, it's the delivery as well. Do you think, knowing what we know about the scheme, that it will be deliverable and that farmers will get paid on time in full? Well, there are there are two things that really stood out in this scheme to me, Abby, that suggest that it is it is deliverable. And first of all, it's, it's the it's the attitude. So I think that was encapsulated in the attitude to regulation and enforcement, the sort of light touch, supportive approach, helping people to do the right thing as opposed to trying to catch them out doing the wrong thing. Um, and for me, that was a huge improvement on previous schemes. Um, clearly, there's a balance between the accountability for the use of public money, um, but this attitude has to be has to be welcomed uh, and, and that to me makes this scheme eminently more deliverable than uh, than previous iterations um, particularly with the with the uh, ability to use technology for self-assessment that both reduces costs reduces admin burden and, and improves the collaborative feel of the project project second the move to monthly payments hugely beneficial to cash flow when costs cost incurred to participate in the schemes you don't have to wait 12 months for those costs to be reimbursed and it means that any sort of uh, tweaks or, or teething problems are uh, can be ironed out sort of within the next month's payment, not the next year's payment. And I think that, again, um, it, it is going to be a, a, a seven-year transition period as farmers get used to the removal of direct payment. And that that monthly, that attitude to the monthly payment, that recognition that farmers you know, can't wait 12 months for that money is, uh, is, is a huge step forward. A really positive answer that I'm sure our listeners will welcome there. Tom, what are your views? Is, is the RPA ready? Is the IT ready for the change? Um, look, I, the IT has always been a challenge, Abby, but I think the, you know, looking at the positives there, you know, the, the payment, um, the monthly payment date is definitely something which is, is a big improvement. But it's impossible for the RPA to design a system until they know what they've been designing it around. And, and now they're starting to see the framework of what it's going to look like. You know, this is going to be rolled out nationally in 2024, um, the, the SFI the, that we're talking about now that's being piloted. So that does give a little bit of time to, to make sure that it is ready, that the systems are in place. I really like the technological approach. We've been you know, advocates of you know, the development of an app or something like that, where actually as you're out walking the dog or walking around the farm, you can take pictures of what you've got there. You can walk around your wild bird mixes and plot them on the, on the app. And those sorts of technological solutions which now exist need to be utilized to try and make this as straightforward as possible. 
and also putting some trust back in the farmer that we're doing the right things, that we really are making an effort to try and deliver for the environment alongside food production and actually try and build that relationship so that we see DEFRA as the champion of the farmed environment rather than the policeman. Really interesting answer there. Um, final question for you then. If you could make just one improvement to the SFI pilot, what would it be and why? Sarah, I'll come to you first. Well, um, as I've said, Abby, this isn't the finished article. So I expect many, many improvements and refinements. And Tom has touched on, on, a, on a few, like the inclusion of, uh, of land that's already in a... Um, in a stewardship agreement, you know, provided that you're not double paying for the same public good. Um, but one thing at the moment that would be really helpful to me as an analyst for HDB is to see the results and the feedback from this pilot and having that transparency regarding what's working well, what isn't, where the glitches are. I think that will really help our, inform our levy payers and I think help help drive uptake of the schemes at launch, um, which all helps towards the overarching goal that I've spoken about before. You know, the goal of this is to hit the environmental targets set out in that 25-year environment plan. We can't do that unless we take the farmers with us. And I think giving us this feedback back to analyse and really scrutinise at this stage will both help DEFRA improve the scheme going forward and encourage uptake amongst amongst our levy payers. We need to achieve these targets as a nation and anything that helps us move towards that more sustainable future will be positive. Clearly, I recognise the sensitivities, you know, the feedback would need to be uh, anonymised, but I think the overall ambition of this you know this this burning ambition to 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 sort out these uh, environmental issues should override um, th these concerns at this stage. And Tom, if I had one concern, Abby, uh, it would be the prescriptive nature of the desired outcomes because it means that there's no flexibility on farm. And we know every farm business is different, and you need to be able to implement something that works for you and your farm business. So rather than see the prescriptive lists for each of the different levels. I would much rather see a list of options that had a payment rate next to them so that you can decide which ones work for you and your farm. And it may be that some of them had to be core measures so that you couldn't opt out of some of them. But the other one, there were some optional ones in there as well, because I do think the prescriptive nature is going to be proved to be very difficult. And if I just pick one on one of the grassland standards, it talks about cutting silage at different times. Well, if you've got a contractor coming into your farm to do all your silage operation, it's going to be just about impossible to meet that target. So then you're not eligible for any of the other uh, part of that level. So that gives me real cause for concern and a, and a much more flexible approach, I think, would be far more appropriate. And what about horticulture? You did briefly mention that before. Is there, is there an issue there? Well, I think the real issue is that horticulture feel, feel ignored, uh, Abby. But I think that there is even slightly worse than that because it's come out as an agricultural and horticultural standard. But at the moment, you're not able to access the pilot unless you've already got uh, an SBI number. So I think it's actually very difficult for horticultural businesses to really feel that they're included. Now, I understand the complexity of this because generally they're, they're, they're working on a different scale and they tend to have a very high output. Um, so trying to find a rate which works for the horticultural industry, but also for other sectors could be pretty challenging. But I think at the moment they do feel they've been left, left out of the scheme, uh, at, but they've been included in name only. Well, I think that's about all we have time for this month. Thank you to both of our guests, Tom and Sarah, for a really interesting discussion. HDB is the go-to organisation for news, views and analysis of how leaving the EU will affect our farming and growing sectors. You can find a host of levy payer-focused tools and practical resources to get your business ready for the changes ahead at ahdb.org.uk slash eu-exit. 
And thank you to you, our listeners. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will, of course, be back soon with more. But in the meantime, why not subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes of Over the Farm Gates? Until next month, from us at FGNAHDV, thank you for listening. We hope you stay safe and well. Goodbye for now.